0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie.
1: And I'm Austin. And
0: we're here today to talk about something you should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly.
1: And sometimes we talk about our triumphant return to going to movie theaters.
0: We have had quite the last couple of days because we became fully vaccinated as of Friday. Like, not our second shots on Friday, but like the weeks had passed. Yeah. So, guys, we went into two stores we didn't have to go into, like, officially. We wore masks. I carry hand sanitizer everywhere. And it turns out the teacher look still works. (laughs) Because we walked past this dude who had a mask on in a store that's still requiring them. But he had it down around his chin. And I gave him the teacher look. And he sheepishly put the mask over his face. I did not say anything. We made eye contact for less than a second. But the teacher look still works. I did panic a little at the second store and had to leave, but, that you know, baby you know, steps. Baby steps. Then um, Mother's Day is today as we record, and we saw family and ate way too much. But then, but then, we went back to the movies.
1: I feel like you're underplaying how much people loved the macaroni and cheese I made.
0: Yes. Uh, Austin made his world-famous macaroni and cheese. But see, what I, I'm still thinking about that fajita stuff my grandma made that I need to, like, get from her. That was so good. Um, But we... You've probably heard us talk on here before. It's like, the thing we were looking forward to doing most was going back to the movies. And the last movie we saw, thank God,
1: was Parasite. Because it was almost Cats. It was
0: almost Cats. And we saw Parasite. And then, you know, this global Parasite came over. (laughs) And we weren't planning on going back to the movies for a few more weeks. Like, once more people were vaccinated. We were like, no, we're going to give that a few weeks. Because that can be a lot of people in one room. Blah, blah, blah. Then, pre-advanced screening of In the
1: Heights. It was amazing.
0: Our movie theater is doing a really good job. They're doing, like, these big deep cleanings between between every showing. When you check out your seats, they automatically blank out the seats on either side of you. So it was great Um, in terms of that. So way to go, Cinemark. We're going to shout them out real fast, and they can sponsor us if they want. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Um... I will say after I say, uh, after I, I will say what I say after every movie, which is don't bring your child to a movie if they are not ready to go sit through a movie.
1: Oh, yeah. There was was a kid,
0: Austin said toddler, but based on the voice I heard, I'm going with about six years old. Full sentences, not a toddler voice. And yelling, just yelling and talking and holding on a conversation. Their parents weren't doing anything. Somebody else in the theater told them to shut up. But only during the quiet parts of the movie. Yeah,
1: that was infuriating. What? What have you? Ra- how have you raised this child to be a disaster like this?
0: Now, I hear people say, but how do you know if your kid is ready to go to a movie until you take them to a movie? I'll tell you how. When I was a kid, I got taken to a movie. I'd been to several movies by this point, but this one, I decided to act up. I was about f- four or five years old, and it was Fantasia, which is a terrible movie. And I decided disagree. I decided to dance in the aisle and my mom told me to sit down and I said but I didn't and she said sit down or we're leaving and I didn't so you know what we did we left yeah. She had us sitting on an aisle seat and we left and I got in trouble I had to get in time out when I got home So leave Your kid will make it very clear, very quickly, if they are able to handle a two and a half hour movie, parts of which are in Spanish. You know what? Really?
1: It's like, oh, they're not ready to see a movie. Well, take them to a children's movie that they'll be entertained by instead of a movie that is going to bore the ever living shit out of a six year old.
0: Yes, this is not a boring movie. And, you know, some theater loving six year olds would probably adore this movie. But we're also talking about a movie that has a very complicated storyline and is partly in Spanish. And chances are these children are not bilingual. um. So, yeah, that is my but really that is my one complaint about our in the heights going experience. And now don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything for you because that would suck. The movie hasn't even opened yet. Yeah. But I'll say this. um, I this movie was initially pitched, I think, 10 years ago. I have been waiting for this movie for 10 years. It has gone from like company to company to from director to director. It got scrapped for a while. Then the first preview came out a year and a half ago or two years ago. And I cried. And then when they delayed the movie last summer, I cried. And then I watched a new preview a few weeks ago and I cried. So I knew this was going to disappoint me. I went in thinking this is going to disappoint me and I'm going to be very upset at the end. And I am not.
1: This was a spectacular. Spectacular adaptation. It yeah.
0: just... Don't go in expecting a direct stage to screen adaptation because that never works anyway. But it is a good adaptation of the stage version. And they don't throw in a random song to get an Oscar nom like they tried to do
1: with Cats. Oh, let's the less we say about Cats, the better. The more we say about Cats, the better. It's like think it'll drive up our engagement if we just talk about Cats.
0: I feel like we just still are processing what happened with there and we need to talk about it. Like.
1: Just, I don't, I still don't know if Skimble Shanks is a good song or I had just been broken down so much that that little barest glimpse of anything remotely good, like an. entertain me or what i just i got well and that's
0: one of the things is that with cats what we got to see was that theater actors and professional dancers are the ones who should be in this kind of movie not movie actors who can kind of sing
1: yeah you're not looking for like the big name to draw in the audience you want this to be a good movie to draw in the audience which is
0: part of why this movie took so long to make they kept wanting jennifer lopez or shakira or whatever and they're like there are no roles for these people i guess Either one of them could have feasibly played Daniella. Yeah. And that's it. But they had a couple of bigger names in there, but they weren't the leads. And these were theater actors and dancers. And you could... It makes such a difference. And my theater-loving friends, we will not tell you anything, but just pay close attention.
1: Yes. Oh, boy. There are some Easter eggs. Yes. All right. So...
0: But let's get into the topic today. Let's get into the today.
1: topic. All right. So last, week, last time I did this, I think I went too wholesome. I was talking about dancing. Like, what was I thinking? Dances? Well,
0: we just were talking about dancing a few seconds ago.
1: I know. So it's continuing. So I feel like I need to correct, but I'm probably overcorrecting because I'm going to talk about the Resurrectionists, a.k.a. the Body Snatchers. I want to
0: say earlier this week, I was talking at Austin, as I often do, just rambling mm-hmm. about something that was on my mind, because as Austin pointed out- He lives with Jenny Lawson in the form of his wife, Maddie. Yeah. And he got really upset because it turns out that I know a lot about what happens to your body after you die. And I was talking about modern stuff, though. I was talking about, like, what happened, like, where you source, like skulls from on ebay and how it's apparently okay to get those because they use the word ethical when they actually have no rules around it
1: yeah I mean, you, you can just say something's ethical i mean there's no actual like rigor behind saying oh yeah these are ethical uh, <laughs> there's
0: no rigor in the death story we're talking about
1: yeah oh don't worry i'm full of death puns in this but entire thing
0: he actually like, got upset about how much i knew about I was, not this topic but about
1: what happens I was to your pl- body I was and playing it up and i was like for comedy purposes oh, we didn't tell them
0: well at the end of the episode guys we've got to story to tell you as well but um yeah it was like he doesn't even know me because obviously i know everything that happens to your body after you donate it to science or once you're dead or whatever
1: luckily i'm covering it historically so not modern so she might she might learn something maybe but yeah i'm talking about like the old school body snatchers like you've probably heard a little bit about this about how they invaded why do i bother why (laughs) You have probably heard like the bare bones of this story about how <laughs> they used to need to do dissections for medical schools, which they still do, like human body dissections for t- for teaching anatomy. Mm-hmm. But there weren't enough bodies, so people got creative, and one of those ways was finding freshly dug graves and digging them up and sealing the bodies. Mm-hmm. Now, here I'm going to here to dig into the real dirt on this topic because. <laughs> So we've
0: heard bare bones and dig into the real dirt there so far. There are some
1: very unpleasant facts, more unpleasant than people stealing bodies, that we need to unearth. I hate you. Now, grave robbing has always been a thing. Like literally ever since they started burying kings with their shit, someone's like, ooh, I'm coming back later to get that. Yeah, I do that at least once a That's week. That's always been a thing. It's like it's as old as bear as funerary rites. And it's not like the people who are dead are gonna use it. Who is this hurting? And really all it does is piss off archaeologists to no end. It's like, oh, we found this this great tomb. Oh, oh, never mind. Um, They were buried 3,000 years ago and someone dug this up 2,500 years ago. Damn it. Although they
0: did just find the, what they believe is the first ever definitively pregnant mummy.
1: Ooh! They thought
0: it was a priest, like a male priest. And then they did some additional x-rays and recognized a foot inside where a foot would not normally be. And then realized that it was a fetus. Yeah. But
1: this is a little bit different from that. It's a different from a pregnant mummy, I Yeah, I would imagine, very different. So. Pre- hugely different from pregnant mummies. Actually, but not completely. But we'll get oh, into god. that. Uh, in this case, the bodies were the treasure. And not in some Bruno Mars song way, talking about how much I love you, but in they were a literally a valuable commodity. <laughs>
0: oh my god, I did like a dramatic reading of that song. The Bruno <laughs> Mars song to Austin and how much I would break up with that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So we talked a little bit about uh, when I, when I did my episode on Doctor Muter, where they had the big medical college boom, where they were producing more doctors, and then as they were booming across, you know, the United States and Europe. More doctors, more medical schools. They were, you know, medical science was actually becoming a thing, and it was no longer just, eh, "We're gonna take the blood out of you, see if that works."
0: <laughs> and throw some cocaine in, it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, this is like, the first like starts of medical science were beginning, and there was this big just increase in the number of medical colleges and medical schools which created a big demand for cadavers for dissection. Dissection, And it's not just any body would do for this. They actually had to be pretty fresh mm-hmm. because this was pre-refrigeration and pre-does like real any embalming practices well, other than mummification, but that wouldn't really work for this. So because if the body started to rot, it would be worthless for anatomy lessons because you actually need to be able to see... The muscle groups, the organs, the veins, how all that stuff works. Did
0: they not yet realize, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but pigs are pretty similar to us. They're pretty similar, but not similar
1: enough for anatomy.
0: Okay, and I'm going to ask a horrible question from somebody who really likes animals. Why wouldn't they just use monkeys?
1: Again, not similar enough for human anatomy. It's different enough that if you learned human anatomy on a gorilla, you would have no idea what we're doing if you're trying to treat a person.
0: But zombie movies have taught us the opposite of that. Yeah. It's always the veterinarians who are there to help. The doctors have all died.
1: (laughs) Yeah. it's Yeah, Zombie movie is shockingly not the best source of information. Prove it. Okay. In episode three of The Walking Dead, you will notice that Sheriff, and I'm using air quotes here, Rick Grimes has a continuity error at least three times. I'm not going to go into it.
0: He's just making shit up. I'm making
1: shit up. I'm making shit up again, Arnold. (laughs) So, students and teachers had a rapidly ticking clock when they were dissecting these bodies, because once it started to rot, it was no use to them, and they had to go pretty quickly. Usually, it was one teacher dissecting the body in front of a group of students, showing them stuff, or more like advanced students doing the sections themselves learning about anatomy. Uh incidentally this actually kind of led to a preference for thin almost emaciated people as ideal dissection subjects mm-hmm. because doctors didn't want to have to spend time trimming away fat from bodies to expose organs and tissues. So it was just a way of saving time because they didn't want to waste time doing this. They had to go fast.
0: That's actually still a thing. Yeah. No. Not talking about uh, that's a whole other topic though. Yeah.
1: There were a lot of countries that were able to keep the schools better supplied with by a combination of letting schools use unclaimed bodies from the morgues, um, using executed criminals, and using donated corpses. But uh, Great Britain and America had problems with this. They just had to be difficult. Like, for example, in Great Britain, the only bodies available were those of criminals who were sentenced to execution and dissection. Dissection was reserved for people who committed the most heinous of crimes and as much as we like to look at the past and think oh my god these these primitive barbarians and their backwards practices of like you know 200 years ago it was not as brutal as we think this was only like 50 ish people a year sentenced to execution and dissection whereas there were dozens of schools and they needed with hundreds of students every year and there was a much higher demand than death than like you know execution and dissection would provide and just yeah and wouldn't
0: they also are these the same ones that they would take the skin and turn it into medical textbooks after the dissections
1: some that was like even earlier than this but sometimes, too, yeah, they were... So one of the things they did was they would ship bodies discreetly in barrels of whiskey or alcohol to preserve them a little bit longer on these journeys. Uh, the medical schools would sell those those hard liquors later. That's how we got oh, the term rock gut liquor,
0: oh, was from no. them reselling
1: the liquor, because they were going to use every part of it. It's It's gross. So yeah. Yeah.
0: But hey, you got you got all that skin layer, and you might as well make a book or a jacket
1: or a book or a jacket or a lampshade <laughs> or a belt made of nipples.
0: But it only really works if you put if it put the lotion on its skin. <laughs> God.
1: and and I think we have all kind of heard how they got these bodies because they weren't getting enough. Like you know, Igor from Frankenstein is the most classic example of someone just digging up corpses and carting them off for medical experiments. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's popular enough that Mary Shelley wrote about it in Frankenstein. This was a well-known thing to everybody even back then. And it was only a little against the law. Like, uh, in most cases, it was only a misdemeanor. uh, And you would actually get in more trouble if you stole the jewelry or clothes along with the corpse than actually stealing the corpse.
0: So if you just took off that stuff and put it... Yeah,
1: if you you just took off their clothes and just stole a naked body and left the jewelry in the grave, you were like... Did
0: the gender of the body matter in that?
1: Actually, it didn't. Um, Really, the preferable bodies were females of reproducing age.
0: No, I'm talking about in terms of the crime level. No. Because, you know, back then they were so like, oh, no, an ankle. But now you got the dead, naked body of a woman flapping around through the streets.
1: I mean, they weren't like running. They like, please, they'd cover them up at least when they were carting them off because it was.
0: But that does mean at some point they undressed a woman and saw her and saw her naked body.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's contradictory. It was probably still her fault. Yeah, of course it was. How dare she? But yeah, so not only was it not really a crime, But law enforcement and officials uh, really turned a blind eye to it at large because medical schools and doctors were kind of necessary in a lot of cases, like a point of national pride of look at all of our doctors. And if this is a thing they needed to have, like, you know, better trained doctors and this new medical science, so be it. We'll just kind of pretend it's not happening. And if someone makes a big fuss about it, we'll ignore it. And most of the time, they didn't have to make a big fuss about it because the uh, grave robbers stuck lowly, mainly to uh, low income and poorer people. potter's fields because they were buried less deeply and they didn't have family members or connections that would be able to make a fuss about bodies going missing because like you know because people getting upset upset would cause a backlash but if it's just poor people i mean who cares they're poor that's that's a constant theme throughout history that's like
0: a that's like the primary theme of our entire show who cares they're poor
1: yeah anyway taylor swift please get us a roof
0: Yes, please. Especially because it turns out the price has gone up due to a...
1: How how are we out of
0: lumber? Uh, How did this happen? uh,
1: We pissed off Canada. Mm. But
0: Canada, Canada, we got rid of Trump. Come on, be chill. Please,
1: please do. And with how incredibly lax punishment was, this was a very lucrative practice. Like, at the height of the body shortage, a desirable cadaver could be worth, uh, like, you know, five or six dollars, which is the equivalent of hundreds of dollars now. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty simple digging these guys out. Because uh, freshly dug graves had loose, easy to dig up dirt, and you didn't even have to dig the whole thing up. You just had to dig up the top part of the body. Mm-hmm. And then crack open the, you know, the the coffin with an axe or a, a shovel. And by the way, you'd want to use a wooden shovel because those are quieter than metal shovels. And so you do that. Then you just tie a rope around the neck or shoulders and just yank him out of the body like pulling a Twinkie out of a box that you had buried under the ground.
0: Why am I burying Twinkies?
1: Don't judge me.
0: And why does my Twinkie have a necker or, or arms?
1: Clearly, we don't. We eat very different Twinkies.
0: Those are not Twinkies, Austin. Those are children.
1: Oh God. So yeah, and later when people so started getting all mad about this, and um, loved ones would actually start guarding bodies in shifts until like the you know, corpse would be rotten enough to be worthless. There are stories. And again, that's just stories about how... Oh, by the way, uh, the reason people got so mad, especially in America and England, was they thought the desecration of the body would mean that you would not get an afterlife. Yeah. So just like basically, oh no, you've ruined... The it's like you've ruined the second coming. Coming, how dare you?
0: Well, I mean, there's some religions that believe that if your yeah. body is in any way like you know desecrated,
1: yeah. So, but as uh, so a by accounts, body snatchers would get around people guarding these graves by going ten or twenty yards away in a hidden spot, cutting a spot open in the sod. And tunneling to the body and pulling it out that way—that's
0: some like Roadrunner Wiley Coyote shit. Personally, right there.
1: I think this is bullshit. Just like digging a tunnel that far would the, take days. Well,
0: and the uh, the it would collapse
1: on you. It would collapse on you. You'd have to be able to pull the dirt out of the tunnel to dig this tunnel. So you'd have a big pile of dirt. You'd have a big pile of dirt. It'd be super obvious, and it wouldn't be discreet. And again, it'd take forever to do this. Like by the time you'd actually managed to dig this tunnel. Uh, you'd be done. And people would hear you. Like, you can't discreetly dig a tunnel like that. It makes a lot of noise, even under the ground. And you can see it under the ground because it'd start collapsing and moving. It's like, huh, I wonder what's going on there.
0: Sounds like a dare.
1: Yeah, so I get, so we're going to try and steal a body later this way. We'll tell you how it works out. We do live near several cemeteries. We do. So like and subscribe to find out about our body-stealing <laughs> adventures. But again, these bodies were incredibly valuable, so maybe. Now, again, people were pretty upset about all of this, and a lot of it came to a head in the year of seventeen seventy seventeen eighty eight. Uh, firstly, a woman's body was taken from the Trinity Church in New York, and a hundred dollar reward was offered for the capture of her grave robbers.
0: And the bodies go for five to six bucks, and that's a hundred dollar reward. That's crazy. Yeah, well,
1: because she was she was a wealthy they, she was a wealthy white. No, woman. I'm just saying about the amount. Like that's. Yeah, and. Again, like she was a wealthy white woman and then things kind of exploded because this became like, oh, oh, this is a big problem because it's having her and usually having the low income people. And so they started, it became more popular and they started making more like defenses for bodies at this point. Like uh, they'd build fences around fences and uh, walls were built around cemeteries, which, you know, ladders can just right past that wall, as we have learned.
0: What? Uh, Walls don't keep people out one hundred percent of the time. Shockingly,
1: no. Uh they hired guards like to patrol cemeteries and watch for grave robbers, but they were also easily bribed because this was very lucrative mm-hmm. and they wouldn't pay them well. Uh family would watch the graves in shifts, like around the clock until the body had caved enough to be worthless. Uh, they actually built steel like containers and iron cages that could be bought or actually just rented to be put around your grave until you are too like rotten to be valuable.
0: Yeah, you can see photos of those online. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're called
1: mort cages, mostly in England and Scotland. And then there's also special mort houses. That were like a vault that bodies be put in until they're too rotten, then they'd be buried. And it was just all of this stuff that people were doing. And there was like even like they were advertising burglar-proof vaults that you could be buried in because the advertisements claiming, "Do you want to be one of the forty thousand bodies a year that are snatched?" Which they were needed a lot of bodies for this. It was nowhere near forty thousand. It was definitely like probably ten thousand ish, but. Like
0: but what if my answer was yes, yes I do. How was I able to stop the people from protecting
1: my body? <laughs> I mean, it's true, I guess. Wow, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) It's
0: like, it's asking me a question. What if the answer is not the answer they expected? Yeah.
1: And of course, these were all very expensive solutions that could really only be afforded by the wealthy. But the poor were most often the victims, and they were largely ignored, and none of these solutions really worked for them. And are you ready for the gross part? Yes. In America, the most common groups that were... What? (laughs) The most common group... In America, the most common groups that were victims of grave robbery were African-Americans and enslaved people, mm-hmm. because this was during slavery. And some medical schools would purchase dece- deceased enslaved people and have them discreetly shipped in a barrel of alcohol, like I discussed. The University of Virginia was especially heinous. Uh, incidentally, Thomas Jefferson did design their anatomical theater, which they did all the sections in.
0: Wait, isn't this the one where they, they're questioning the nervous system that's that's on display now? Like, where it came from?
1: Yeah. So, uh, their anatomy instructor, Dr. Davis, insisted upon individual dissections for all of his students, requiring 25 bodies per class. mm mm-hmm. uh, And he got his bodies from the local enslaved population... And urban cemeteries in Richmond and Alexandria. This lasted up until the Civil War and just like hundreds of bodies. He was scouring the area to just provide these bodies and from people who had really no way of fighting back against the desecration of their loved ones' bodies. It was
0: Now, these people were at least all already dead before he acquired
1: them, yes? For the large part, yes. Mm. So this was... The University of Virginia has actually kind of issued an apology for this, and they've been getting some hot water over their medical school, and like, hey, this, and like acknowledging their history of just the horrific abuse of people. Mm-hmm. And again, this lasted to the Civil War, and even after it, to a large extent, even though he was just to a lesser extent after that, just because, you know, he wasn't able to get as much away with this awful stuff as openly. But still, it was not good. And then let's get back to New York City in 1788, where should I start off with that woman's body who was stolen. Well, more stuff started happening. And again, it involved African-American cadavers being stolen from graveyards. Because even though they knew this was happening for these medical schools, and there were witnesses saying, hey, there's these people stealing bodies. We know who's doing it. We know it's people doing this. We know exactly what hospitals and schools were selling them to. The officials did not intervene. They refused to do anything, no matter what, pe- how many people positioned. Again, because it was just the poor communities. They weren't going to listen to it. These medical schools were of value. And it led to a lot of bubbling resentment amongst people. So, again, in 1788, a group of children were playing near the New York City Hospital. And it annoyed some medical students who were dissecting an arm. So... Being uh, the mature adults that they were, they uh, yelled at the kids and waved the arm at them and chased them off with it. Uh, One doctor even yelled at a kid whose mother had died recently that it was, in fact, her arm. Oh, Jesus. Now, we don't know if it was or not. It could have been just that he was taunting this kid. It's like, yeah, this is your mom's arm.
0: But... The fact that he knew that this kid had a mom who recently died...
1: But uh, he told his father about this, who was angry, so he went to her grave and exhumed the place where they had buried her, and she was in fact missing. Now, uh the reason like young women were of a special value to like anatomists at this time because doctors were just now realizing that, huh, maybe should we we should learn about female anatomy because like you know, they might have medical needs.
0: No, we don't.
1: yeah crazy thinking
0: today's doctors we still don't we're just being hysterical and fat it's like have you tried losing weight that is exactly why i am here because i've tried and the weight won't go away (sighs)
1: so much like with the anger that you're feeling right now this mob he gathered a mob of workers and his friends and they stormed the hospital where they were doing these dissections and
0: so it's the invasion against the body snatchers.
1: They found bodies in various states of dissection. section. Uh, parts of them were being boiled, which was how they kind of dealt with the rotting bodies stinking up everything, was they'd boil them for disposal. Mm-hmm. And um, they also found uh, reproductive organs, which had been removed and were being displayed.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: this did not make them happy. And this turned into a full-on riot. Hundreds of people stormed Columbia University and, or, I guess at the time it was King's College and the hospital. And because I have to mention at least one prolific writer who was kind of a blowhard, ho- blow and Pliny has been long dead and his body was not one of the ones stolen, <laughs> I'm going to have to talk about Alexander Hamilton. Uh, because he was here.
0: Wait, have we not talked about
1: this? Alexander Hamilton in 1788?
0: Him standing out there and being like calmly like, guys.
1: Guys. Guys, let's let's just, please He was pleading with the crowd to not destroy the school.
0: Yeah, like, he was, like, very calmly, like... Trying to to use... I could have sworn we talked about this already.
1: No, we might have at some point. Because he got... Again, Alexander Hamilton is basically Pliny the Elder.
0: Um, I don't think he did a whole lot of work in his bathtub or made his nephew write his notes for him. I think he did. I I don't think think so. I don't think so. Mostly because I don't know if he ever had any nephews that while he was living
1: yeah uh shockingly his words did not convince the angry mob to not do this so they stormed everything uh they removed all the bodies in their various states of dissection they searched the dorms the buildings like everywhere on this college just scouring it for bodies and the bodies were gone i'm assuming they were all properly buried they don't they don't know for sure because they know there's a riot going on uh luckily the mate and then while they're doing this, they also, uh, the crowd took a bunch of doctors like mm-hmm. into the into the mob. Luckily, the mayor of New York was able to convince them to hand them over to the police for p- protective custody. But that only worked for a little bit because everyone was still mad. And then a crowd of five thousand people assembled in front of the Broadway jail to kill the doctors. They were chanting to bring that they had to bring them out, and they even assembled a gallows out of some of the buildings they had torn apart in this like. Riot. Yeah. Uh, Governor George Clinton tried to get the mob to disperse. Not
0: the musician George Clinton. Not the musician George
1: Clinton. Tried to get them disperse, but that didn't work. And they turned violet. And uh, eventually, one guy tried to storm into the jail and was shot. And it just just fell apart from there. Interestingly, uh, John Jay, the founding father and future first Supreme Court justice, uh, got his skull almost cracked by a rock that was thrown. So... And in the ensuing violence after this, twenty people died.
0: None of them were the doctors, were they?
1: None of them were the doctors. There was um animosity towards doctors that lasted for years, and we do know that there was a grand jury investigation against the doctors and some of the grave robbers, but we don't know if anyone was convicted or not. Weird. Yeah. Following this, the laws changed around dissections. These were called anatomy acts. Uh, they both. Increased punishments for grave robbing, and they made bodies more available through legal means. It was not enough for, like, you know, to meet the demand, and grave robbing still lasted for years after this. But they finally acknowledged we need to do something about this, and even if it was just a Band-Aid, they did something? Uh, incidentally, in in Massachusetts, they uh, decreed that anybody who died in a duel, their body would be subject to dissection as a way of discouraging dueling.
0: Is that law still on the books?
1: I don't know. I'm assuming it's not, because that would be crazy. It's Massachusetts, so probably. They-
0: I mean, it's, it, it feels like one of those laws that is so antiquated that you wouldn't think to take it off but technically, technically, any time you and one other person have the same type of weapon pointed at one at one another, it becomes a duel. I feel like. So if you, if it's you and one other person, you both got a gun out. One of you goes. Okay, now you gotta be dissected. Right
1: now we are arguing on microphones. This could be seen as a sort of duel. If I were to die, would I be subject to dissection in Massachusetts?
0: Only if I killed you with the microphone.
1: You hear to hear first, folks.
0: I'm not going to kill you with a microphone that's messy.
1: Yeah, she's got way better plans. Uh however, in the United Kingdom, uh it was generally more accepted. Like they weren't worrying about it at all because you know, it was, it was a more crowded country and like they cared way less about the poor there than even America, <laughs> which is shocking. And so they never really cracked down on it until uh in 1832. Two very famous resurrectionists called Burke and Hare decided that it was just easier to just kill people instead of digging them up. So it's like, we could just kill people, say, yeah, we dug up these bodies and sell them.
0: What's Burke's first name?
1: I didn't write it down. Hmm. I figured they've listened to our podcast, they've listened to other podcasts, and they've heard a True Crime podcast about these two because they're early serial killers.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out if that Burke is related to the Burke that I'm currently doing research about. Ooh. Because I know that they've mentioned that he has some rather famous predecessors, but I can't remember what they were. Oh,
1: oh, dip, yeah. yeah, so this became a huge deal and was all over the press and it got elevated to like an almost mythical ghoulish status by the newspapers and Penny Dreadfuls. Like there is a lot of myths surrounding these figures, like to the point where it's hard to know what's true and false about them. We
0: need to bring back Penny Dreadfuls.
1: Yeah. So much better than the creepypasta bullshit we've got now. Oh,
0: my God. Have you ever tried to, like,
1: read those? There's, like, one good one for every thousand bad ones.
0: Yeah. Same thing with the no sleep post. I'm like, once in a while you get a really good one, but other times I'm like, most of the time I'm like, please stop.
1: So then uh, Great Britain, after this, changed their laws to ban public dissection and provide more bodies for dissection other than just the people who were, like, you know, convicted of, like, yeah. the people who were sentenced to execution and dissection. Again, it didn't stop until, you know, we had better embalming practices and like refrigeration so they can actually keep bodies longer and were able to meet the demand for anatomy studies. So are you ready for one last little story? Because I couldn't find a good place to stick this in. Okay. So this is possibly the most famous stolen body. And it was the theft of John Harrison, the son of former president William Henry Harrison in 1878. Now, the day of Harrison's funeral, it was discovered that a neighboring grave had been robbed. So, one of Harrison's son a f- and a friend of the man whose body had been stolen went to nearby Cincinnati to look for the stolen body.
0: What do you? How do you look for a stolen body? They just started Which going like... around. To,
1: they started going around to medical schools and poking around.
0: And the guys, they were like. Cool. Poke around.
1: Oh, we got this through normal means. We don't know how this body got here.
0: Kind of like every time somebody says, I ethically sourced this human skull I am now using as an ashtray.
1: While they were looking for this other body, they found John Harrison's, even though he had been buried in a sealed stone vault. So he had been buried securely, but they had his body. And there were guards. And he was just there. They found him suspended by a rope in a chute in the lab. And they did find the other body in the same lab that was being pickled in a barrel of brine.
0: Okay, in my head, he's being suspended like either a deer carcass.
1: Probably they're or to drain the some kind out.
0: of like flayed up in the air situation. They're with probably the draining the
1: fluids out of him.
0: Can you imagine that? Because that was his son that found yeah. him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, must have been a doozy of a day.
0: Yeah, it's like, this is not a great day.
1: Tomorrow can't possibly be worse. It's like, oh boy, glad that, it's like, glad that funeral's over with. Oh man, second funeral. And so after this, we do know that the Harrison family filed a uh, $10,000 civil suit against the grave robbers and the school, but we don't know the results of this suit. That has been lost to time. So yeah, that is my weird little stuff about how we used to steal bodies a lot for science. And they were not ethically sourced, and there was a lot of problems, especially in America, with the same problem that we seem to just continue to have in America.
0: I could have sworn we've talked about the Hamilton thing. Was it the, did don't... it come up on the Muteer episode, maybe?
1: It might have. We talk about Hamilton a lot, because again, he's the Pliny the Elder of America.
0: <sighs> I feel like Thomas Jefferson is more the Pliny the Elder of America. Oof. Because like, even though Hamilton was more prolific in his writing, he was more logical in his thinking, where Thomas Jefferson was a little more open to all sorts of like, out there kind of ideas. Hamilton was, had some
1: out there ideas, too.
0: I feel like Jefferson would have been more likely to run towards the volcano, and Hamilton would have been more likely to run a safe distance away and then write about it. Yeah. Write an angry letter to the volcano about its behavior.
1: It's like, dear Mr. Volcano, your ash is most unseemly. I'm bad at Hamilton. All right. Are you ready for questions? Yes. All right will being sentenced to do dissection be on the test
0: I feel like that should be something that you're allowed to
1: like do now it's like it's like okay kids you better do good on the standardized test or i'm sentencing you all to dissection
0: no like i'm saying like if you're sentenced to death like the lethal injection drugs probably make your organs unusable but you should be able to not for op- dissection. <laughs> but uh, no, but you should be able to opt in to dissection afterward.
1: They might actually.
0: Um, I don't like they can't donate their organs as it is. Like mm-hmm. even if they died naturally, they aren't allowed to be on an organ donor list. Um if we hanged them, they could be donated, but that's a whole other thing. But you should be able to like, if you're lethally injected, I like I don't see the problem with them being like, do you want to opt in for being for medical research? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, your brain, since
1: you're a serial killer, I think that'd be good. Yep. Will the fact that I just compared Hamilton to Plenty of the Elderable multiple times be on the test? No, because I disagree with you. Yep. Will our centuries of abusing people of color for, air quotes, the advancement of medicine be on the test?
0: Depends on what state you're in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's illegal in Oklahoma to do that now. (laughs) And um, will the fact that it literally took serial murder and riots to get officials to take any type of action on this be on the test?
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's still kind of the case, too.
0: You know, in my head, I'm sure Alexander Hamilton actually, like, stood up there and was trying to be brave, but in my, but, like, in my head, he's on the going, oh, no, please, stop. It's like, he's,
1: like, leaning out a window. It's like,
0: could you not? No, in my head, he's like, oh, I'm I'm, st- I'm trying to stop him. Oh, oh, there they go. I tried. <laughs> like, the whole, now let him do it. I don't fucking care. In this
1: 15-point argument, I will explain to you why you should not, in fact, burn everything.
0: I think this kind of depends on where it happens in Hamilton's timeline. How much he would actually care about people grave robbing? Ooh, yeah. Because if this was like post the death of his son, he might give a shit that people were grave robbing. It was 1788.
1: So what year was his son? I think that was like closer to 1800.
0: 1788. His son was born right around the top the time of the revolution. So yeah, it was it would have been later. Yeah. But his bestie had already been killed oh yeah bestie slash potential lover depending on how you read the history
1: only she hadn't burned those letters not her oh yeah so that's my weird little thing all right i know and you you thought you knew everything
0: how do you know i didn't know everything was just you it wasn't
1: just humoring you that's one of my biggest insecurities (laughs) you were a monster (laughs) no i
0: didn't know all of it i knew the hamilton part yeah
1: yeah the Um, the doctor's riots of 1788 i did know i
0: did know about the doctor's riots of 1788 i can't remember why i knew about them though
1: so, yeah, I, I hit like a bunch of like our, a bunch of my, usu- back of my usual stride. Crimes against humanity, a riot, old timey stuff. of the Elder, only tangentially.
0: A version of genocide.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There wasn't a single Friends reference, though. We're like really we're really slacking on those. I know. Hold on. How, how could I work Friends into this?
1: You're the expert.
0: I mean, okay, so we were talking about ethically sourced bones, right? And there's an episode where Rachel knocks something on the ground. I think it was a dinosaur bone and it breaks. And so she picks it up and she's like, oh, shit. And she looks at the bottom and she's like, Maine and China. Yes. <laughs> so I oh. guess that's the closest I can get. Yeah. But also there's the idea that Ross would just have the dead carcasses of things that probably are supposed to be at the museum around his house is a little a little questionable. I
1: think that Ross could have been an amazing serial killer
0: i feel like ross might have been an amazing serial killer
1: oh just rewatch friends but with the assumption that ross is actually uh killing all of the characters who you only see once
0: or all of his girlfriends that you don't see again
1: yeah and janice keeps escaping him janice is actually hunting him because she shows up as an fbi agent in a later episode of the x-files
0: does she i haven't gotten that far yet i
1: think that was an earlier episode with the jersey devil
0: mm, maybe i did see that i loved i loved janice
1: Janice was such an interesting character. Like she, she wasn't good, but I liked her. She,
0: except for cheating on Chandler, which is not cool, doesn't ever do anything wrong. Yeah, you only, like she's a, like she's a little clingy. She's got an annoying voice, and that's it. But yeah, but that's what it boils down to. She's got an annoying voice the whole time. She's like she is like w- like worships the ground this kind of dickish guy like walks on, and oh no, she wants to make him happy. What a bitch!
1: The nineties were weird, man.
0: Oh, TV shows are still like that. You know that. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you want to tell them, though? Because oh, I said earlier, oh, we've got a story we didn't tell you. Do you want to tell them?
1: You, uh, I don't know what story you're talking about.
0: The only other interesting thing that happened this week. All right. So we've talked on the show before about how much I hate April Fool's Day. Oh,
1: yes, yes, yes. OK, OK, OK.
0: And it's because I hate pranks because I hate lies. Well, one of Austin's co-workers, who I to this day have never really met, messaged me and said, do you want to help me out? <laughs> And so I played a prank
1: on Austin this I'm week. I'm so proud of you for this.
0: He knows better than to re-ta- retaliate.
1: Oh no, no! You you hate pranks. It's not. I only enjoy them if everyone thinks it's fun. It's like playing a prank on someone who doesn't want to have a prank played on them is just mean, and that's not fun.
0: Yeah, Austin. Austin loves pranks. Um, so basically, uh, his coworker was like, "I have a bunch of stickers, and I need you to put them around the house." So I said, "Okay," and I've got this. Things. She put them on the mailbox and left. So I just, like I said, haven't met her. At least if I have, it's been briefly. And I just stuck them in different places around the house. And then as soon as he went to take a shower from after he got home, I left because I knew I would not keep a straight face. <laughs> and he starts texting me about how he like he loves his. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I gas I, I gaslight him for the next hour
1: or so. Which like she has zero poker face, and the fact that she managed to like not immediately crack was impressive. And I came home
0: about half an hour into this. Like, I can't walk for that long. And I was I like, I seriously don't know what you're talking about. Like, how would the, the first couple were like reasonably in places where he could have like, had them stuck on his shirt and gotten them stuck. Like when he went to open the fridge, I'm like, were they just on your clothes? Like, Seriously, Austin, what when and why would I have done this? Like where would I have gotten these from? Yeah, the, cuz this this coworker drives him to work every day. So I'm like, Austin, which of your coworkers would have dropped these off? Which of your coworkers knows where we live except for the one that drives you to work every day? I know. Yeah, um there's one day where, where they work from home, and uh, yeah. that's the day that I got it. <laughs> but I kept it up for like a solid hour, and he found. I think he found the last one today, but yeah. I still have the sheet of stickers. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: going to be finding these for the rest of my life. I can,
0: I can do this for as long as I have that sheet.
1: Yeah. It'll be like, it'll be, I can see it now. On like... the
0: inside of his grave, there to confuse the grave robbers slash archaeologists. <laughs> yes.
1: Or 90 years. You'll have
0: that name staring down at you for all eternity.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's hell. That's hell. So where can people find us other than like, you know, stealing graves tonight at nine? (laughs)
0: They can find us on Twitter at OnTheTestPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OnTheTestPod, on Instagram at OnTheTestPod, where if you really want to see a picture of my annotation kit, I did post a picture of that on there, and our website, OnTheTestPod.com. The best way to reach us is via Twitter.
1: Yes. And again, um, tell your friends about our podcast, tell your enemies about our podcast, because they'll hear about us robbing graves, and they'll think of you as a real threat.
0: Yes. And then tell them that if they don't give you five, give us five stars, we will definitely rob their grave.
1: And again, if you're not going to give us five stars, why are you still listening to us? Give us five stars. We've been talking,
0: Austin's been talking for like almost 50 minutes at this point and you're still listening. So clearly we are worthy of five stars. And I know
1: my voice isn't that great. Hers is pretty awesome. It's actually really weird to listen to your own voice. It is. It's because like you hear it slightly differently because the way it's like echoing through your skull, than like other people hear it. And when you hear your voice recorded, it's like, oh, that's my voice, but it's not quite my voice.
0: And Austin will tell you that in my normal day-to-day life, I don't have this kind of everything isn't a question because that comes from acting training. (laughs) And when you are like depending on the school you're being trained at, they train you to kind of go up at the end because naturally we go down at the end and you lose what's being said. So there's a microphone in front of me. So I start to actually kind of have things go up again at the end. But since you're listening to me talk for so long, it really does start to sound like questions as opposed to statements, which on stage it sounds more like statements. So now you'll notice that forever. Glass shattered. Sorry.
1: Oh wow! I didn't even think about that. My life is different now. It's
0: kind of like when I pointed out that my uh, one of my high school English teachers whistled her uh, whistled her s's and broke my class.
1: <laughs> I, I I did
0: I didn't it didn't mean anything as me and I liked the teacher. I just was like, oh, she whistles her s's, and my classmate goes,
1: "Fuck you." <laughs> That that seems like a very you thing It's like let me just ruin this for you
0: I didn't ruin her I liked that teacher I just suddenly realized she whistled her S's And I mentioned it not to the teacher That would have been really mean That would have been so mean
1: I'm glad you didn't do that. Because if it's a teacher you liked, you shouldn't ruin their life. I did
0: like that teacher. Yeah. Actually, I liked um, all of my high school English teachers except for the student teacher who inexplicably took his pants off in the middle of
1: class once. I always forget that happened to you because it <laughs> seems like the plot of a bad sitcom. Legit. Most of the stories I tell people, like I've,
0: I've, if I contribute a story to an online conversation, they're like, I can, I, they're like, that doesn't seem real. I'm like, I am not that creative. This guy definitely ripped his pants off in the middle of class to show off his pair of shiny hot pants underneath and offered us extra credit to come watch him perform in a drag parade. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the drag parade. We have been to a good drag. We've been to some good drag shows. It's weird to offer your students extra credit to come watch you perform in a parade in which the remember many of these students are underaged where you'll have people who are in various levels of nudity. Okay,
1: so I'm going to just, like, I am so Midwestern that I I the only thing I absolutely hate about drag shows, and it's an absolute, like, deal breaker for me, is there's audience participation, and that makes me so uncomfortable.
0: I don't like audience participation in any shows. <laughs> I can't, I can't shows. do audience
1: participation. It makes me so, like, I can't do this.
0: Yeah, you would think that as a as an actor, I would be all for, audience like, being part of audience participation. Like, no, I paid to enjoy the show, not be put on stage. I need a little bit of a refund now that I am part of your performance i mean there are ones where you volunteer at the beginning like uh spelling bee you put your name in a jar and you're like then you'll you have agreed to go up and i actually might agree to do that because you know spelling bees are my jam yes but i'm still bitter about losing my sixth grade spelling bee
1: i don't even i don't remember how well i did in the spelling bee it can't have been good because i'm a spell check baby the word was separate
0: i remember the word and i remember she misheard me I'm still salty because two kids later, a boy, he did misspell a word. She asked him to repeat it. He spelled it correctly and then went to sit down because he knew he'd gotten it wrong. She goes, no, I just didn't hear you the first time. And I'm like,
1: unbelievable.
0: I'm, I am got in my car afterwards. My dad picked me up and I'm sitting there and I just tell him. And he goes, okay, hey, well, spell the word for me. And I did. And he goes, that's correct. And you definitely spelled it that way the first time. I'm like, yeah, I studied for this because I want to be a spelling bee champion.
1: They crushed your dreams.
0: I want to be part of a adult thanksgiving Day spelling bee.
1: Friends reference. I worked it in. Yay! <laughs> and I guess, on that note, class, class dismissed. dismissed.